Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Hello and welcome to another episode of Idleman Unplugged. On this episode of the podcast, Pastor Shane joins the Courage Over Cowardice podcast to discuss humility. We hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. I hunger and thirst for your righteousness, and it's only found Hey, I want to welcome everybody to the Courage Over Cowardice podcast. Today, we have the privilege of having Pastor Shane Eidelman on the podcast. He's the founder and lead pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Lancaster, not Amish land like where I live, but Lancaster, California, somewhat different. Uh, he uh, also began the Westside Christian radio station. Uh, in 2019, uh, he's heard all over the nation. He's a prolific author uh, and a speaker. Uh, his sermons, books, articles, and radio program have sparked uh, change uh, in the church and all around the nation. Uh, I've enjoyed learning from him. And Shane, I so appreciate you being on the podcast today. Oh, Pastor Sam, it's great to be on too. And I think uh, I might need to change that on the the website. We're in Leona Valley now. It's kind of we started in Lancaster, and that it's not far though, maybe fifteen minutes. But just so some people get serious about that who are listening, <laughs> you know, in my area. Uh, but uh, well, yeah, I love that you have Lancaster on there because yeah. we're outside of Lancaster. So. Oh, that's right. You're in. Uh, yeah, you're out of Pennsylvania. That's right. Yeah, we're in Amish land. And I love the title of the podcast too. You know, courage in these, especially in these times. Yeah. So you are, I was just uh, kind of looking over your uh, website, shaneidleman.com. Uh, I'd encourage everybody to check uh, that out. You have a lot of resources, a lot of books. I just downloaded your latest ebook. And uh, there's, uh, I, I really appreciate and respect your voice, uh, especially in these times where. Uh, silence uh, is pervasive, but it shouldn't be an option. We need to be vocal. We need to use our voice. And so I'd like to talk about just what's burning in your heart. Uh, talk about some of the issues happening culturally that I think will help uh, our listeners that are varied in nature. But um, I think you have a lot of good wisdom and things to say. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, I've, I think it's interesting, too. We met at Turning Point USA in person uh, yeah. I believe a while back. And uh, I, I brought up the same question there when I was on the panel or the same question was asked. Um, you talk about boldness and what we need now. And, and we all agree. I mean, we've got to speak the truth of love. But, you know, my thought is it has to come directly from the empowerment of the spirit. As yeah. we as we surrender our lives, as we humble ourselves before God, as we go into the prayer closet, broken and empty, God fills us. And then a yeah. byproduct, by, byproduct of that is going to be boldness, going to the school board meetings, running for office, addressing the cultural issues. So it's not done in arrogance and anger, but yes. out of uh, just the boldness of the Holy Spirit. And there are different callings for sure. Um, you know, not every pastor has a John the Baptist calling, you know, right? yeah. and not every not every pastor has a John the Beloved calling or, you know, there's some Isaiah's and Jeremiah's, but then there's some, you know, laid back just. And so I've noticed over the years, too, we can become wrongly judgmental, you know, mm -hmm. like, why are 
Why, why aren't you doing what I'm doing? Why aren't you more political? Why, why are you so political? Or why are you so bold and like, man, that your preaching style and why aren't you like this? I'm, you know, and, and so just understanding how God made us and designed us and how he called us. So I think we all have the same title as pastor for pastors listening, but we do definitely have different callings on our lives. And because of that calling, I'm going to act and preach a certain way. Uh, I, I was not like this 20 years ago. Uh, when I came back to the Lord 23 years ago now, it was until I surrendered everything and, and God just filled me with the spirit. And that's where the boldness came from. And 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 that's where that uh, that unction comes from. Um, but I just want to be clear on that, because a lot of people, they think that everyone should be a certain way. Uh, yeah. And I think that's that's can be a little dangerous and wrongly judgmental. I mean, how many of us are guilty of judging, you know, certain leaders or pastors, even Christians for not doing more. However, a lot of people should be doing more. So I hope hope that makes sense. And just, no, um, I think that, yeah, that totally does. I'd like to say, Hey, I don't, uh, I'm a unique bird. I'm, uh, you know, we're each fearfully and wonderfully made, uh, but we're, we're each unique and I don't expect other people to, uh, be like me. Uh, right. But everybody needs to honor the Lord and use whatever influence they have for kingdom purposes uh, in this day and in this hour. And mm-hmm. we live in interesting times. And I love what you said. We'll just stay here for a moment uh, related to uh, prayer uh, yeah. and how important that is um, that we're strong in the Lord not simply trying to be strong for the Lord, not trying to do uh, things by our own hand, but by uh, the Lord's hand. Maybe just talk about that for a few more moments. Um, I know you've put out a number of things on prayer and fasting. Uh, You've been uh, really encouraging the church and modeling that so well. So go ahead. Well, I think, you know, it's, it's the, here's the thing. What's, what's interesting with prayer is the thing that is the most important in the life of a Christian and a church is not being done. Yeah. Or I should say not being done the way it should be done. And yeah. it's not legal. It's not legalistic or rigid and you got to make sure, but there, you know, the reason we're powerless is because we're prayerlessness. There's prayerlessness mm. in the church. And um, there is a difference between, Hey, a quick little prayer, my five minute devotional versus getting on my face and seeking the heart of the father. You know, opening up the word for an hour, putting on worship, praying and contending and travail and and just in this feeling what God feels. And you can't make it up. You know, it's not a Holy Spirit pep rally. It's got to come down from heaven. But Jesus said, when you go into your prayer closet and you shut the door uh, that what you do in secret, the father is going to reward you openly. And there's a place we can meet God. There's a place that the, the, the creator of the universe will will listen to what, I mean, it's just amazing if you really think about it, but to me, a prayer closet and you shut the door, you know, you probably don't want to bring this, this in there Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and, and be doing this all the time because we are so busy that we're really ineffective for the kingdom. If we become too busy and, um, 25 years ago, I read a book by Steve Farrar that really helped. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it was finishing strong or point man. He said they interviewed around 280 of the top Christian leaders who fell people like me and you. Mm -hmm. And at the top of their list that I'll never forget said, they got too busy, Mm -hmm. too busy to seek God, too busy for that devotional, too important. 
Yeah. You know, this never happened to me. I'm too busy. I'm God's man. Well, that is pride and that will. So I, I have to make sure I've got. So I've always praise God. I have a construction background so that I've been I'm used to getting up early. So between three thirty and four in the morning till seven is my that's that's the time. Sometimes it's all prayer. Sometimes it's worship. Sometimes it's a word. But I've got to have that. And I don't put that on other people. That just works really good for me because I'm a I'm a morning guy. And, yeah. um, you know, but having that time, I mean, it's hard to fall when you're on your knees. So yeah. I think getting back to the importance of prayer, the priority of prayer, the passion of prayer, even when you don't feel like it, because the feelings come later, you know, the feeling it's, it's, oh, I get up. I just, I can't wait to pray. I, this is going to be so exciting. And sometimes for sure, but other times the flesh is wanting you to, uh, to sleep in and, yeah not not do what's what's comfortable you know i've heard a great uh quote um that has just stuck with me over the years it uh, goes like this it says whatever you're praying about you're depending on god for whatever you're not praying about you're depending on yourself for oh. and it's that john 15 that reminder for each of us you know in these days of shaking and so many things happening all around us, we often look for voices and look for leaders and we're wondering what to do. And the reminder is apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. He is the vine. We're the branches. And yep, Ephesians exactly 6 right. reminds us that, you know, the armor of God, staying in that relationship with God. So we're clothed with Christ to pray, uh, to pray about everything, praying to spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayer and requests and I think even having this discussion and beginning the podcast with this, it's like, okay, when are they going to get to the other parts? Oh, yeah. Talk sure. about the other things that are really interesting. And yeah. like, this is the biggest part, but it's right. so hard to do because our flesh wars against it. And the it's, people listening don't have a problem with, you know, how to necessarily, they have a problem with want to. So yeah. motivation is key. Motivation is key. And that's why I think you opening with this, what I said, what you're saying, that is so important because we got to get Christians back motivated again to have prayer meetings. And I've I've talked to people like, well, or pastors, you know, there's only maybe half dozen people who will show up. But who cares? I mean, <laughs> we, I, I think every time we start to, you know, put numbers on things, I'm not going to have a prayer meeting unless I can get 50 people there, 30 people there. You know, what yeah. about Jeremiah, Jeremiah Lampert in New York started with just himself at, at 12 noon in New York at lunchtime. And then a couple guys, three guys, and that became this huge prayer movement. And God often works in faithfulness versus numbers. I've seen, uh, yeah. I mean, numbers are great. Obviously you want, you know, you want your podcast out there. You want people coming, but at the end of the day, sometimes pressing in is pressing in, whether it's just you and God. Yeah. Or you and a few people. And I think that really can can motivate some people. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's so good. Uh, talk about this for a moment. Um, uh, this is an ongoing. I've addressed this in a number of podcasts, but I love to hear uh, different uh, leaders that uh, are articulate and have a, a great background and just theology uh, around this. Uh, it's often said, man, I just I. I don't like, you know, the church just seems like it's too political. We don't want to be political. Um, and I think this is just one of those questions that we'll be answering, you know, for the duration. Um, but uh, maybe give your perspective and your thought uh, on that to to a listener. Maybe this podcast got shared with someone. 
yeah. for someone that's listening to this is is saying, man, this I get this all the time. Like, man, why do you go to that church? It's so political. And why are you trying to why are you uh, just get, give your thoughts on that? Yeah, and I think I mean, I write on this topic and I speak on this topic and we're all within an hour and a half is, you know, Rob McCoy, Jack Hibbs, John MacArthur. Uh, you know, we're all we're, so I, I, you've seen some bold churches in California for sure. Um, and there's also churches who are not going to say anything that are political. So my 30 minute talk in, in a two minute, uh, two minute snapshot here, I think a couple things are happening. Number one, it goes back to what I said at the beginning that there's certain callings. You know, if, if God is, look at the prophets in the Bible, what were they? They were reformers, they were statesmen, they were authors, and they were preachers. Yeah. Pretty much. So if God gives an individual that calling, they're, they, they're going to hit political hot buttons like a, like that machine at the carnival, you know, I mean, that, yeah. that's that, <laughs> whack-a-mole. Yeah. Every, yeah. Whack-a-mole. And every, every king had a prophet. You know, every every leader in the Old Testament had someone. Hey, here's what God's word says. So I think there's just different callings. And I know some good pastors. Um, some of them are, are I don't mean, I don't know personally, some are pretty famous. So I don't want to mention names, but, you know, they're just all about the gospel, all about the cross and their worship is incredible. And that's I respect that because they're not cowards. And yeah. uh, they're just not, that's just not their their wheelhouse. Uh, for sure. And they're standing up for what is right. They're making a difference in their community. And so there, there's number one, there's different callings and we can become wrongly judgmental. You know, um, when COVID happened and we decided to, you know, stay open, um, a, lot, a lot of churches in my area didn't like that. And so they were telling people I was in disobedience with Romans 13. And um, a lot of these guys I knew and you know, they're just, they're good guys and they, that's just not their calling. But the other half, um, is brings me into part two. There's a, the woke liberal agenda in the church is alive and well. Now, isn't it interesting? Yeah. We talk about political hot buttons that they don't agree with. They wonder why you're being political. But yes. if you, if you were to embrace, Let's talk about the BLM support. Let's talk about if you, if you embrace their, their liberal ungodly agenda. If you embrace it, then you can be political. Yeah. So half the battle is these guys just don't like what you're saying. That's the bottom yeah. line. So why are you being so political? Why are you, why are you saying th things about abortion or a certain presidential candidate or transgender? And why can't we just preach the gospel? Well, the gospel changed my heart. And because it changed my heart, I'm very bold for things that God is bold for. Uh, his yeah. zeal for his house has consumed me. So I think those are the two dynamics we have working, whether it's against us or not. Number one is there's just different callings. You know, John MacArthur, believe it or not, wasn't very political until COVID. I don't know if you've yeah. really, you know, he said, you know, he kind of stood stayed out of it. John Piper, for example. I mean, I can go down uh, the list and there's just some people that just they don't go there. Uh, John Piper did on abortion, though, and things like that. But then there's others. You know, Jim Garlow just spoke for me uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And wow, talk about and it's like Jack Hibbs. It seems like every Wednesday service I'm watching is political, you know, yeah. and, and or Sundays. But that's their calling. And I love it. Thank God for them. Tony Perkins, Family Research Council. Thank mm -hmm. thank God for these people. So I think that's calling is number one. But then number two, of course, Half the people that say that, if not more, it's just because they don't like what you're saying. So they don't like what you're saying. So they're going to say, why are you getting political? And number three, the third point 
is there are a lot of, and I'll just say it, I, I'm not being mean or arrogant because I can be, I can become this if, if I get away from that filling of the spirit, but a lot of pastors are bottom line cowardly. They just, yeah. they do not want to upset. They want to tickle the ear rather than challenge the heart. And they, they uh, perfect example is Andy Stanley, uh, who's, who's, you know, I, I, I called this eight years ago. As soon as he said we need to be unhitched from the Old Testament, you know, it's just a slow, yeah. slow, yeah. So, um, and I've talked, you can go on Shane Eidelman in YouTube, Shane Eidelman, Fox News. And you can, I went to Florida or New York and I debated a guy on homosexuality. He was, he was Carrie Underwood's pastor at a mega church. Uh, eventually they dropped down like 200 people and you can listen to where he's coming from and why they agree with uh, homosexuality and things like that. Um, so that, that leads to that, that third point is there are a lot of pastors who are just not filled with the spirit of God. They are, yeah. they're cowardly. They're not in the word. They actually question the authority of the word. So anytime yeah. you hear them saying, ah, oh, the Old Testament, or I don't know if Paul really meant that. I, I don't think that's for us today. You know, Romans 1, and, you know, I, I don't think that's for us. I think Paul was a little heavy-handed. Well, <laughs> you, there you go. And so that yeah. I think that's the three things that are taking place, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I was reading an article. I'm going to share a little bit of this. We'll just stay with this topic for a few moments um, by a guy named Josh Howerton. I don't know if you know him. I know some people that know him, but he put this article out and I thought it was really good. Uh, I know that you've said these things. I've shared this quite a bit over the last uh, number of uh, few years uh, with our church and friends. But when um, when we don't speak up, those of us that are mature that know the Lord. So mm -hmm. I would say this is for pastors. This is for leaders. This is for parents. Um, yeah. uh, this, those that, you know, you, you are mature in the Lord. You have that responsibility. Uh, he made a couple points. He said, number one, uh, when we don't, uh, share, uh, the truth that we know the sheep are left to the wolves. Yes. And, um, you know, he went on and said, you know, you're you're accidentally accidentally facilitating a future church split because mm -hmm. you're not teaching your church that's being discipled by the world. Right. Um, and which I think is uh, an, an important uh, aspect, because I think so many are not hitting these topics because of what it's going to do uh, with their staff, what it's going to do with their church. Instead of thinking like, you know, we want to make sure that we're on, uh, that we're biblically accurate, that we're honoring the Lord, that we're in agreement with him. Uh, another thing he says, the feelings of the evil are prioritized over the needs of the wise. Um, and I thought that was a, a pretty interesting uh uh, as well. I liked his, uh, oh, wow. I'll give one or two more and then I'll let you uh, go on this. He said, you're not convincing opponents, you're creating them. Um, the net effect uh, is whichever category you tailor your communi communication to, you get more of. And so mm -hmm. if you always focus on those that are hostile, in one sense, uh, evangelism. So when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, our church has always been um, in, in many ways about evangelism. And why I believe that is incredibly important, it's the heart of God. Uh, it's the two-winged bird. It's evangelism and discipleship, if you're going to move forward. Um, and I just found that. Uh, uh, and then one more thought I'll give that he shared I thought was really good. Um, and then I just love your take on some of this. Uh, he said, society dies of AIDS. And so he wrote, no one has ever died of AIDS. AIDS takes out the immune system of the body. And when the immune system is down, the body can die of anything. The mm -hmm. church is the immune system of the culture. 
So if we go silent in the face of error and evil, uh, then society begins to die. Yeah. And I know you've talked a, uh, quite a bit about that. So let me give you the floor. Wait, boy, I love every single point on there. Um, and, and as you're reading them, I'm thinking of one statement that really encapsulates all that from Edwin Burke. I believe it was Edwin Burke who said, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men and women to do nothing. So how much more from the pulpit? And I think pastors forget that you're actually, uh, yes, a shepherd, but also a watchman. You're, you're, you're calling, you, you are a watchman. You are to point out error. Yes, encourage and uplift and support and motivate, but also call out error, help to, to, um, uh, really go against the false narratives. And so I, I think nowadays you, you have to hit political hot buttons. You can talk about everything from the border to the election, how to vote and, and, um, you know, the sex trafficking and the fentanyl crisis and the LGBTQ issues and school board and what they're allowing and how, you know, parents are actually on the, uh, the, the Department of Justice, Homeland Security, you know, hit list many times. Yeah. It, it's it's uh, alarming. And so a lot of times when I talk about these issues, people are not aware uh, because it's just not being talked about. Now, it doesn't mean we go out of our way every sermon, you know, to uh, to talk about political issues, but there's got to be something in there in us where it, it, when it's relevant with the text, when, when it's relevant, what's, what's going on. But anyway, to answer your question, yeah, he's, he's right on the money because the church, when we don't do anything, we actually are doing something. And when we're yeah. silence, silence speaks volumes. And if you're not holding the line, you're not holding the line, you're being pushed back. So, there's no, it's like people think there's a gray area or sin, just a static. It doesn't, you're either pushing or holding the tide back or you're, you're capitulating and letting it in. And that's where I think yeah. a lot of churches are at today. I mean, Jim Garlow went over the statistics and it's only like 6,000 churches in America are really, you know, Bible believing the authority of God's word churches. I mean, that number yeah, say is that again, uh, there's about 6,000 truly Bible believing churches in America based, I think it was on the Barner research. Uh, I mean, there's what hundred, a couple hundred thousand churches, but if you start to, you know, survey, okay, how many believe in the inerrancy of scripture? How many, and it, it really gets down to a small, small number are leading uh, this country. And even back, I think it's, it's credited to, uh, to Alex de Tocqueville when he toured America in the 1800s. You know, after he toured everything, he said, it wasn't until I went to the churches of America and heard their pulpits aflamed with righteousness that I understood yeah. the secret to her success. And it's yeah. the, the pulpits being aflamed with righteousness again. Did you people don't know that the, the pulpit used to uh, to be the, the place of news in the community? Yeah. You know, the, the church was in the middle of the town and and, you know, without the Internet and maybe a newspaper. But the the the, the church would say, here's what's going on you, from the Revolutionary War. Well, I can take you to sermons the pastors preached during uh, that time. Great Britain in the 1700s and what the Wesleys were struggling with and the circuit riders uh, that mm -hmm. came over from England and were, were uh, loyal to the king. But others were, were and, and looking at their sermons and how they they got they. They talked about political issues. It, 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 it's 
the enemy is trying to silence us from very important issues because when you're silent, the agenda can be pushed. I mean, look at what are in the school districts. I mean, do you ever do you ever watch John? I think it's Armatuka. Yeah, we've had him here before. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at and like these school boards are like against him. How can stop him? Throw him out. He's reading. Yeah. But that book's in your library. You hypocrite. I mean, it's just it's it's, but thank God he's doing what he's doing. I mean, yeah. Can you imagine if we had every I mean, we've got school board meetings in L.A. County and I've been to been to them. And if we could get pastors going to those and just, you know, not arrogant, but speaking the truth and love and looking those people in the eye and saying, how dare you allow this into our schools? I mean, yeah, they would they would think twice about it, I'm sure. So it's just it's a silence speaks volumes. Yeah, there is a pervasive lack. I mean, and it's worn out in the community and we see it in our culture, but uh, the fear of the Lord. Um, yes, is yeah. just not, it's not present. And I think we have to contend and really fight for that in our own lives. And so that we can live lives of, of wisdom. You know, I was reading, uh, in the scriptures, uh, yesterday in particular, I'm trying to think of, uh, what chapter, um, what chapter it was in, I believe it was in second Peter. Um, but it talked about how Lot was, uh, he lived in Sodom. He was a righteous man mm-hmm. and obviously had great Im- implications for him and his family um, from, you know, his choices. But he was a righteous man. But it says his heart was broken, uh, that he was just, uh, I, I forget the terms at the moment, but he was, you know, uh, overcome. He was burdened, and sickened by what he saw around him. Yeah. And I think... Um, I'm believing, you know, in the shaking of America and the world that we're seeing that we need to be bothered again. And that will bring us to prayer. We need to it it should alarm us. It should upset us. It should uh, do something in our souls when we see the issues that are happening all around us. What what do you have to say about that? You summed it up. (laughs) I mean, that's. That really is the core of what's going on. You know, like Nehemiah, why should I not be sad when the place of my father's tombs lies in waste? Uh, when Jesus saw the temple was being, you know, just desecrated and zeal for your house has consumed me. And the heart of God that, that he, he, it doesn't even enter his mind when they would sacrifice their children to Molech. You know, God says it's just this, these things. And so I think if a, if a pastor doesn't have that um, burden, that desperation, uh, they've got to ask God for it. They've got to repent because that's biblical. It's to just go, go through life apathetic to the horrors that are going on is um, it really reveals where a person's heart's at. If there's just, you know, it's no big deal. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to preach the gospel, right? And just smile and love people. And I don't, I don't get all involved in that. That tells me you're a coward and you're not spending a lot of time with God. And you know, the boldness of the Holy Spirit is not in you because if it was, his word would, would be in your heart like a burning fire. Yeah. You know, you, it's, it's, it, most pastors that are filled with the Spirit can relate to Jeremiah. It's like just, man, this is burning. I got to, I got to do something. I got to say something. I've got to make a difference. And we've got to call this out. We've got to expose the unfruitful works of darkness. It's this fire is burning and fire. What does it do? It doesn't stay contained. (laughs) You know, that's good for a fireplace, but you know, if a fire, fire gets out in the woods, 
Uh, here in California, we see a lot of, you know, brush fires. Of course, it, it goes, it consumes, it annihilates, it decimates sin. Uh, the, the fire of God is really good in the heart of a believer. That's that's really what we need today as well. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think one of the statements that we have as a team, we were just talking about this uh, as a staff um, uh, this past week, just revival starts in me. Yeah. And I think each of us uh, doing our part, because sometimes when you talk about these issues uh, in this way, like, oh, they're still talking about that. You know, it's, the sky is falling, yeah. uh, you know, chicken little. And I like to say the sky already fell. We lost we've lost the next generation like yeah. that already happened. It's not like it's, it's going to happen or it might get bad. Like it's already far worse than we realize it's already. Ha- the question is, is whether or not we're going to come up out of the ashes and say, you know what, we're going to we're going to keep. Uh, I mean, Jesus is going to build his church, but he's going to build it through us um, right. and uh, and our obedience and, and what we do in his name. And uh, I just want to encourage everybody listening. I, I love uh, there's a lot of great resources um, that Pastor Shane has, uh, and uh, he has some excellent stuff on fasting. And I've been really challenged by that as I head towards the end of the year in the next year to really lean in and fast and pray and empty myself uh, of self and ask God uh, to do what only he can do and, and depend on him uh, more fully and not wait for um feeling the crisis, but understanding that we're already at the place of crisis and we need God. Well, I mean, you said a few good things that really are important um, because, and I, you say this, you know, about the skies already fall. I say the Titanic's already been hit, you know, kind of the same, <laughs> same thing. Yeah. And, and you do hear that, you know, it's the same thing. Judgment's coming, but we live in a very sick and perverted culture. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you got men dressing up as women and children can go to these drag queen shows and story time. I mean, we we've 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 just lost our moral compass. So for people to say that it's really disingenuous. And I think it's it's misled because yeah. we're in a fight. We're in a very important fight for the next generation. And their silence speaks volumes. But yeah, we're not supposed to. The sky's falling in judgment. I actually have a lot of peace. You know, I have a lot of peace in the midst of what's going on, but still we have to expose uh, the unfruitful works of darkness, you know, when it, yeah. when it comes to, uh, to to doing those things. And if you you, you mentioned prayer and fasting and revival um, and I love revival. So I read, you know, about the revivals in Scotland, uh, in Wales in the 1700s and um, 1904 Welsh revivals and New Hebrides and Duncan Campbell and our first great awakening. And uh, I noticed there's there was a lot of mention of fasting and prayer but that we don't hear anymore. And so that's what kind of sparked my interest. And of course, you look at the Didache or the Didacte in the early church, they would have people fast before baptisms. I mean, you look at Justin Martyr, Polycarp or Ignatius, Irenaeus, a lot of the early church fathers, how, you know, fasting begets prophets. And it is a matter of just starving the fire, quenching the fire of the flesh to ignite the fire of the spirit. And uh, it's I don't like it. I wish it wasn't. I wish it was the opposite. You know, the more you eat, the more you uh, you know, but you, you know, just think about how you can pray well after Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> it doesn't happen yeah. because there's an appetite of the flesh that is good and God given and, and, and constraints. But the more you feed that appetite, the less you're going to be feeding on the things of God. 
I mean, think yeah. about how much the flesh controls us. I've got to have my, got to go by Starbucks and my, my cake pop. And then a little bit later in and out burger. I don't know what you have out your way, but you know, Chick-fil-A and then I've got to get this. And then now I want some chocolate and, and now I want to watch this movie for three hours. And now I just want to, you know, not go to work. And if we listen to the flesh, it's, it's, it's destructive. So that's what fasting does. It just says, shh, 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 be quiet, be quiet for a while. And I'm going to seek the heart of God. And actually fasting is not as hard as people think it is. The reason it's hard is you're actually coming off. You're like a drug addict withdrawing from, from a drug. I mean, I, yeah. my, I'm raising my own hand, you know, coming up, you ever just stop coffee, cold Turkey, you're going to be miserable for three days or sugar or processed foods. Cause processed foods has a lot of, you know, artificial colorings and seed oils and, and, a lot of things that are just not good for us. And so your, your body's withdrawing. And that's why people say, I hate fasting. Uh, it's actually, you know, it's not that hard once you get the body ready, but yeah, that's another topic. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a secret weapon. It's a superpower. Yes. It's, yes. it's, uh, yeah, not, I appreciate, uh, you, um, championing uh, that and reminding because oftentimes when you uh, when you post things online and you share articles and uh, sometimes you wonder, okay, who's actually reading this? Who's actually yeah. listening to this? Yeah. Does it make any impact? Yeah. And um, I mean, heaven tells the story, but I love uh, what you're doing, how you're using your voice. Um, so I wanted to ask you about uh, you wrote an article recently. Uh, it says whatever happens next, do not comply. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, tell me about that. We see um, COVID 2.0 uh, yeah. beginning to ramp up. You know, we've heard that there's a special pneumonia that's floating China. around China. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's so eerily similar to just mm -hmm. a few years ago as yeah. we head into election season. And it's like, man, I've seen this movie before and I didn't like the first movie. Um, maybe just talk about that a little bit uh, and uh, open well, some eyes. Yeah, I mean, uh Boy, let's try to get the, the, the abridged version, right? Uh, uh, and I remember when I when it first came out, you know, that's when, you know, all the conspiracy theory claims and all this. And um, but a lot of us, you know, we were watching, you know, even here locally in Los Angeles, you know, hospitals getting paid a certain amount for COVID patients and people not really, you know, dying of COVID. They're dying with it, but not of it. And everything is being put as COVID. I even had nurses who you know, they're going to remain anonymous. Uh, and I asked how many people in that emergency room actually need to be there? And they said only half. The other half are just here because of fear. Can you yeah. believe that? Wow. So, so emergency, they, they, they work ER and they're like, half these people don't even need to be here. They're crowding the hospital. And then, you know, so we saw all that. Um, and if I miss anything in that article, let me know that was about six articles ago, but <laughs> Whatever happens next, do not comply. Number one, I, I told people, I'm not saying that we should have a spirit of rebellion. You know, like, I don't care. I'm not complying. Because actually, Christians, if, if let's get biblical, you know, for a minute, too. We should be the most complying individuals and mm -hmm. submitting to authorities and yes. patient and loving. And, hey, uh, you, you know, the government is um, we, we should be submitting to I mean, the Bible is crystal clear. Uh, you, you look in, in, in different scriptures. However, when you see that, uh, for example, Romans 13, the government is supposed to be 
uh, a terror to those who do evil. And actually, a, 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 it says a minister for justice, a minister for God. So when you see that it's not even no, it's no longer fulfilling that purpose. Number yeah. one. Number two is we we actually in America have a higher authority. We have the Constitution. So if they're telling me to break the document that we that God probably recognizes as the government sits under. So what authority do I submit to? Again, it goes yeah. back to God's, God's word is the ultimate uh, authority. So number one, I just want to people know it's not a spirit of rebellion. Do not comply no matter what. Because I think we, we, we need to be loving and, you know, um, not just no matter what kind of thing. But anyway, that's another point. So we see, yeah, you see in China what's going on. And so I was kind of giving people a warning, a heads up early. Um, not everyone follows you know, the World Health Organization, I'm sure you yeah. do, um, which I do as well. And a lot of good stuff comes out of, of Jack Hibbs's church. Uh, you've heard Charlie Kirk on the Great Reset. And you heard, you know, Schwab. Uh, what's his first name? Um, Klaus. Klaus Schwab. Schwab. Yeah, I mean, look at what these guys are saying. They're, it's, it's, it's out there. I mean, yeah. it's no longer conspiracy. You know, and, yep. and, and I think if it was in uh, Newsmax or or one of the news organizations yesterday, it says they're, you know, they're still working on counseling, getting rid of meat. You know, you can't eat meat. And of course, I think a second Timothy that the time will come when they will forbid you to eat meat. It says their consciences have been seared. Yeah. And so another election is coming up. Um, you know, of course, you know, in the Wuhan lamb, was it lab? Was it, it obviously man-made manipulated? They used it against uh, Trump, of course, is a weapon, I believe. I mean, it's, it's crystal clear. Um, yeah on what happened. And so now you see that resurfacing again, right now, it's not looking good for Biden at all, whatsoever. Yeah. Um, not only that, you have the, I believe there are above even him, you know, world leaders, uh, that mm -hmm. world economic world economic forum that Correct. really wants to govern the world. And mm -hmm. so America stands in their way. I believe at some point Russia stood in their way. Uh, because you have to remember, a lot of these leaders aren't going to just bow down to this economy system. So they have to break the whole world in order to reset it. So yeah. that was kind of the point of the article. And I did a sermon. So whatever happens next in regard to seeing the shenanigans of the government. Oh, here we go. Look at hospitals. You got to shut down again. You know, at some point we got to say, hey, OK, fool me once. Right. Yeah. Fool me twice. And I think all of us, I mean, the first month, because Trump was in office, we said, hey, what is this? Is this a black plague? You know, let's 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 give it a little time here. But then as I started to reach out to nurses and you saw, why are they paying 30,000 on a ventilator or why are they paying 30,000, yeah. 15,000 for it's like, OK, this is an abortion clinics in my area are open and and, and marijuana uh, d dispensaries and donut shops, donut shops are open like this is yeah we, we so that was yeah. the whole point is if it's if the government is 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 asking us to break god's word and go back into because another reset will destroy america if we did that again yeah. if we cut close down the economy mm -hmm. and did all that again um you know and there's a lot of stuff yeah. in the financial sector we wouldn't have a lot of time to go into but what's happening with the treasury and the uh, central banking system and the digital dollar and um, just the printing of money. And the, I mean, it's like our, our economy, I often think of just hangs by a thread. 
Yeah. It just it really won. Can you imagine, you know, Chase is going to file bankruptcy or Wells Fargo? Like, can you imagine the mayhem? And then you just get some news stories. Housing market is set to crumble. Oh, and, and, and all you need is some news headlines. You know, yeah. COVID from China is here. Hospitals crowding from San Francisco to San Diego. Yep. Here we go. Instantly. I mean, it, just instantly. Yeah. So that's what that, that was about. And that was really good. You, you had said uh, two things I wanted to mention. Uh, from Romans 13, because that's often quoted, not understood. And I like the way that you said two things in particular. You said, when the government restrains good and promotes evil, we must take a stand. And then following that up, you said uh, Romans 13, which is all about submitting to the authorities, addresses a rebellious, arrogant heart that has a problem with authority, not a humble believer standing for the truth. Yep, Humility exactly. is key because, like you said, there's a lot of arrogance. As Americans, yeah. we're very individualistic, which in one sense is there's a positive aspect, uh, I think. But uh, the so much is being trying to stoke the fires of yes. divisiveness and hatred and vitriol and uh, these these cultural issues. Uh, us being humble and standing for truth. So I really like how you uh, put that. I'd encourage everybody to read the entire article. It's on Shane's website and I'm sure other places as well. Well, you know, let me, let me just chime in there too, real quick, because that's such an important point. And I'm not going to say their names because some of them follow my ministry, but there's some pretty large conservative voices out there uh-huh. that they are so arrogant. I mean, they are so demeaning there. It's I, like every post is, is, Joe Biden falling and some, you know, something coming out of his mouth and poking fun, poking fun, poking fun, poking fun. Some of the biggest names that we follow, nothing about humility, nothing about prayer and fasting and being broken. Nothing. It's just tit for tat. And it's like, I I, I go, okay, you have, you have 2 million followers. You really think God's pleased with that? You really think that's going to change our nation? You've got to be better than that. You can say the same things. I, I mean, I have a, I have a, I've never disagreed with the president more than, than our current one in Obama. And I will say it, not, but I, you have to respect the position, uh, but you do not have to respect the policies. And that's yeah. the difference that it, it, the, the who's running for office is setting the, politi- the the policies for our nation in regard to security, financial integrity, uh, responsibility. Uh, what, what are we leaving for our children? And so I think we can be very bold, but yet have our words seasoned with grace. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I really do agree with you. And that's hard. Uh, it's hard to do because um, because the flesh, there is a yeah. righteous anger. We can be angry and not sin. We can be outspoken. We can be passionate. We can be bold. Uh, and we shouldn't back down, be passive, weak. We can be meek without being weak. Uh, but there is um, there is a trend, and we know how the algorithms work, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. That you know, the more uh, mm-hmm. that you stoke the fires, the more that you are, uh, you know, we'd say arrogant. Uh, yeah. That you are uh, doing those things, it gets lots of clicks, but it's not changing uh, the nation. It's, yeah. And I, I, I'm guilty of it myself. Is everything I've posted been perfect? Of course not. You know, there's yeah, some things I'm later sure like my wife, my wife will see it and she'll say, ah, I don't know if I would have posted that. I'm like, I'm just 
I'm just ticked off. You know, it's just, it, it, it is so hard, isn't it? To have righteous indignation where you just want to slap. I just want to slap the drag show librarian, you know, that they, yeah. that, come on guys, wake up. But, but then there's a Christian inside of me. It's like the Holy spirit, you know, love them, pray for them. But at the yeah. same time, that holy zeal, I mean, not being violent. Yeah. I don't want anybody to think that, but there's, you know, you wake, come on guys, wake up. This is, this is perverted. This is ridiculous. And so that struggle within is, I feel like Paul, you know, wretched man that I am who will yeah. deliver me from this body. I've, I've got the, the flesh wanting to do things. I've got the, the spirit also wanting me to do things. Yeah. You mentioned uh, John Amachukwu. I love, uh, I love John. We had him here a few months back and, um, you know, when it comes to like style, like the way he interacts with school boards, people would say, well, that's mean spirit. That's not nice. Nope. That's w- whatever. And I just say, man, that that no. is you and I may say it differently, but man, I love the boldness and the clarity. And I think yeah. that's what's so uh, important. Maybe we can pivot for a moment. Um, that I think uh, is so vital in this time is clarity. Uh, yes. I have. uh uh, as my children get older, we talk about these things a lot. I have um, uh, my uh, my daughter at a wonderful church uh, and ministry that we agree. We have another one that's at a wonderful church. Has some questions uh, mm-hmm. about that, and we talk about you know the need for uh, clarity. Um, do the people in the church know? Uh, oftentimes, uh, a pastor or a minister will say, "Well, you know." Um, uh, sometimes pastors, we get defensive. Well, people know where I stand. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's fine. But do they know where the Bible stands and where they should be standing right. on, on God's word? So maybe just uh, your perspective. And I don't want to go to uh, just a, a different thought. But uh, just talk about that for, uh, for a moment uh, related to clarity. Because passivity, you know, I want to smile. I want to be nice. I want everybody to like me, which is... Um, uh, I'll say this. I, I was teeing you up there, but let me just uh, finish the thought. Um, a cursory reading of the New Testament. I mean, just just base, just sit down and read a few chapters. Um, it's very confrontational. Very uh, in every way. There's just no way around it. No. He's calling whether it's Peter, whether it's Paul, Jesus. I mean, they're calling out everything. Yeah. Uh, whether it's Jesus. I mentioned this a few weeks ago in a message. Jesus is like your dad's the devil. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, like your father. The I mean, it's it's really clear. Yeah, and yet we him and we haul and we hedge and you got to understand and you don't know. And I just find it uh, to be like I understand the heart we want to con- in a congenial way we want right. to connect and work with people, but right. it's almost an embarrassment. We're embarrassed of Jesus. We're embarrassed of God. Yeah. We're embarrassed of His Word. It's where we get all the the nonsense coming out of the progressive woke culture. Um, Maybe just talk about uh, your perspective on that with clarity and just anything around that. And then I want to switch and talk about the celebrity. We're not celebrities. Well, the uh, unless somebody's coming in, maybe this a little little bit late. A lot of it hinders or hinges on what I said earlier about, you know, the the fullness of the spirit. The more the more time you're spending in God's word and and the Holy Spirit working your heart, you want to clarify because you're called to clarify. You're called to expose the unfruitful works of darkness. How do you expose if you don't clarify and you don't teach? It's impossible. And I remember when I first came back to the Lord 23 years ago, I can't remember who said it now, but it it was so clear. So, so true. Then it's so true. Now truth invites scrutiny 
air will run from it. So truth invites scrutiny. Hey, let's let's sit down. Let's talk about the truth. Let's clarify. Yeah. Let's discuss it. But when you're in air, that's why these these the left or the the LGBTQs agenda they don't want to have discussions. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. They don't want to talk. They just want to call you names and throw things at you because it's <laughs> yeah. you know. And, and so clarity, uh, God has given weapons, words as weapons, and they are, they really are, God's word is like a, a double-edged sword, it pierces. And so pastors have to be, I think we have to be the clearest voice out there. Um, you know, know what you mean to say and, and say it with, with clarity. And so you're right. Oswald Chambers said the message of the gospel hurts and it offends until there's nothing left to hurt and to offend. And so a lot of times if, if a person tries to make, man, let me, let me, let me make this taste good, palatable. Let me make this less offensive. It actually loses its power, to be honest with you. Try it. I mean, don't try it, but think about it. If you take away the hard things of the message of the Bible, right? And well, let me just like for sin. Hey guys, it's, you know, it's, it's it kind of, it means you're missing the mark and, and, um, you know, do better next time. It's really, you know, God, yeah, all sin's the same. I mean, somebody caught in sin's going to stay in it versus, hey, it says it's it's damning, it's deadly, it's dangerous. And here's what the Bible says about it. Here's why repentance is so important. And you clarify. So when the word of God is clarified, that's where the power is. It's not our yeah. job to, to, to dumb it down or it's not our job to really emphasize the judgment, you know, that that's where the hell, the hellfire and brimstone preacher comes from that, that term comes from, it's just the, you know, God almost hates you and hell and damn, that's not healthy either. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's not good, but absolutely uh, a, a Christian pastor, I often say is a clarifier that that's yeah. when we go up to the pulpit, we are clarifying what God's word says in the, in the culture we are living in. And yeah. what is practical application. So clarity is important. And you'll see a lot of these, the, remember the emergent church? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. When it came out, um, you know, I don't know if I can name, but you know, I name names sometimes, but these, but these guys, they drove me crazy because they were yeah. never clear. There was like, well, con conjection and theory, and we need to replace the pulpit with the couch and God's word, you know, could have meant this back then. And, and it could have said this and let's have a, that's when that, that term came in. Uh, let's have a conversation. Yeah, that was about remember fifteen years ago. Yeah, and let, let, well, you know what? Let's just have a conversation. Let's this just Sunday's conversation is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, and so, and uh, I went to a few. And I don't think that's ridiculous, yeah. personally, but people yeah, can use no. whatever terms they want. But I mean, yeah, preaching, well, declaring. Yeah, when it comes to preaching, teaching, you don't have a conversation. You don't ask for input and dialogue and and look at different issues. That's for a later date. There's no no problem. Sure. I mean, I I'm sure you do. I sit down all the time with people with questions mm -hmm. and and let's. But when it comes to preaching, think about how healthy America was. You know, in the in the 1700s. You know, there was yeah. a lot of sin, of course. You know, with a lot of different issues, uh, of course. But the pulpits and the church were very clear. Uh, I've got a lot of the books on the Puritans. I don't know if you followed mm -hmm. a lot of them, uh, their volumes and their works, very, very hard and heavy. But um, some, I mean, I don't agree with everything, but it was, the, 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 my point is, even Spurgeon's volumes, they are, they are books on clarity. 
they're giving clarity on doctrine, clarity on how to live, clarity on marriage, clarity on sexuality. So to your point, we, we have to be crystal clear when the, where the Bible is crystal clear. Yeah, no, that's uh, really good. I wanted to um, kind of bring everything uh, together for this particular podcast. We hit a couple of different topics. And then if there's anything that you want to yeah. share at the end, we can uh, be sure to hit that. Um, uh, it was a call to Christian leaders. Um, I'd like to, and we can talk about that. I'd like to broaden it to Christians in general, sure. because um, we live, we live in a very narcissistic culture that we can, all easily fall prey to everybody has a platform and a voice in ways that historically uh, we've never had. And you you can become a celebrity, well-known, lots of followers, all those things uh, seemingly overnight. You don't have to know what you're talking about. You don't have to be well-versed. You just have to, uh, you know, whatever Uh, you just, um, and you, uh, you said this, you said Christian leaders, and I say Christians in general, uh, we are, we are not celebrities and popularity won't fix the problem. Uh, so let me give a, a one more lead in and then uh, you can uh, take it away. Um, pre 2020, I was talking with a, a well-known Christian leader. I've had the privilege to know uh, and be connected to a lot of wonderful men of God. have had a tremendous impact. And I love um, the person I'm referring to. And we were having a discussion um, he wasn't the leader of the organization, but had a prominent place. And we were talking about marketing and reaching people and, and evangelism, because we, we got to figure that out. Uh, like marketing is just letting people know about Jesus. And he said something that I agreed with and didn't agree with. He said, you know, in our culture, everybody's about themselves. And so we need to appeal to, to people and make it about them. Hmm. And I said, you know, I understand that, um, yep. but it is a problem when we think everything is about us yep. <laughs> and um, it's, the gospel is focused as merely. I mean, the, uh, God blesses us. He prospers yep. us. He favors us. He's a gr- he's a good God for his kingdom. Um, but this whole thinking that it's it's just about us and or we're to be um, we're always going to be loved by the world. And for all the passages regarding persecution that will be hated, uh, no servants greater than the master, uh, just made me think about that uh, as I was reflecting on that article and some things that you were saying. Uh, and I think it's so dangerous for us uh, in this time. I was challenging uh, one of my children uh, recently uh, who has uh, who has a great gift and some great connections, and, and it could lead to some big things and big ministry. Yeah. Yeah. And I just said, you know, none of that really matters. Like if God establishes it, that's great. You steward it. But if not, like whatever you're given is what's important. And I just right. think we're at a dangerous moment uh, within the church. Um, like you said, about 6,000 believing churches, um, mm-hmm. which is still shocking to hear, even though I read that report as well. Yeah. Um, not surprising. And within those churches, everybody clamoring. Uh, seemingly for platform, for position outside the churches. Uh, everybody look at me. Uh, I just feel like we're in a dangerous place uh, as things are burning down all around us. We're like, well, hey, you know, as long as I have uh, my bucket of water and my fire extinguisher, I'm good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you set that up great. You're, you're, I mean, you broke it down perfectly. Um, but I think, you know, there are some things that's, 
stand out because you're talking now about the celebrityism. And I like yeah. that you said it's not just pastors because even in my own kids, you know, because uh, they can't go on TikTok necessarily, but you know, you got TikTok, Instagram, and if it's it's almost like they rate success and men do this in business. You know, I came from yeah. the corporate world. I, you know, you rate how successful you are. Where's your profit and loss statements? What's your budget? How much staff? And, you know, and so it's kind of, that's how we measure success. And even in pastors, uh, you found this too, too. I mean, it comes up like, well, how many, how many are you running on Sunday? I'm like, does that really matter? Which Sunday, which time of year, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and so I think we just, and I've been guilty of this because you kind of want to yeah. know, you kind of want to size someone up. What are they, um, you know, what, 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 what is their story? Um, and so yeah, we actually had at our church, a friend of mine and, and I, uh, whose his family's got really successful on YouTube. They're about six or 7 million subscribers on YouTube and they're yeah. huge custom house and, and, um, but they've got caught up in it, of course. Um, and so here's the key to this whole issue is, and you hit the nail on the head. It's not something we pursue. Uh, so we don't pursue likes and followers and clicks and status and recognition. We don't pursue it. Um, but we are good stewards of what God gives us. So look at Billy Graham. That's a pretty good example of a, there's no Christian that I know of that will probably ever be that much of a celebrity, celebrity, but look at his heart, look at his attitude. He just stayed on mission. And so that, that's the thing I think, and I've been actually accused of this, a celebrity pastor, you know, and like, what, what exactly does that mean? Um, yeah. you know, because for me, I went from just digging ditches and construction and nobody and God put the calling on my life to write books and the articles. And now we're on radio, you know, hundreds of thousands of people each month are listening. And it's, I didn't, I actually, if I could go back, if you ask my wife, I, I would, I love the simple life where, you know, no, yeah. too many people know you, you don't have the pressure. Um, and I, I don't, I don't like that the celebrity kind of name tag or anything, but you are also being a good steward of what God has given you. And I think it's, yeah. You know, like I just saw, uh, you pronounce his last name better than me, John Armantuka. Um, Armantuka, yeah. Yeah. So we, t we talk sometimes on Instagram. And he, when I first met him two years ago, he went, his Instagram went from 5,000 to like 100,000 now. And I'm just, I'm just so excited. Like yeah. this guy, we got to get with this guy's, I mean, I'm sharing his stuff and we got to, yeah. and so that, those things excite me. It, it's like, man, God's getting this out here. And some of these podcasters that now are reaching, uh, you know, a million people. And, and so I think if you're a good steward with what God has given you, but when you start to pursue those things, see, that's how it, that's it'll affect your mood. Oh, I only had a certain amount of shares. I mean, how can one view YouTube video get, you know, you know, 20, 30,000 views. And then my other one, 4,000 or 300 or what it's like, if you live in that world, you're going to be miserable because there's, you're always gauging success by numbers versus faithfulness. So Lord, whatever you want to do. And uh, if he raises you up, if he gives you a platform, um, when I started writing for the stream, I don't know if you've heard of the stream at all, yeah. mm -hmm. but the founder, James Robinson got my cell reached out to me. And ever since then, we built a relationship, been out to Dallas a few times. And so God will make those connections. I'm not yeah. looking for Dr. Brown, you know, another good friend reached out and, and uh, other people I can mention. And it's like, I don't, God just opens these doors 
um, and wants us to be a great influence. He wants us, I believe, to bring a spirit of humility and brokenness and gentleness. And so I want to go visit the the person who's on low income in my area. And I want to talk to them just as much as the, the, the other people. Actually, I, I do more so. I, I avoid a lot of the, the bigger names and stuff because it's not, they're, they're dialed in, they're set. Um, yeah. it, 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 so it goes back to the heart. Now, am I perfect? Of course not. You know, you repent before God and Lord, keep my heart focused on you. And God will, God will take some things away sometimes. Um, and sometimes he'll add some things. I think one of the reasons he tucked us back in these little mountains back there's only 1200 residents in the, in the town we're in. And he gave us this church. He gave it to us. And it's like, really Lord? I mean, okay. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it just, you know, but he's, he knows what he's doing and we're not focused yeah. on, on uh, even though we're considered a large church. I know if we would be in a metropolitan area like you, I'm sure, you know, if you, you know, if you get where there's a million people within a five mile radius, you're going to have probably a mega church. So yeah. see how we start to yeah. rate, we start to rate things by what we see in others. And that, and, and the, to sum it up, your whole definition of success needs to be on faithfulness. Yes. And I, I've been getting lately, Facebook has contacted me. They're going to take my page down. I told them, I'm good. Please do. I please do. YouTube will go to rumble. You know, I'm, I, the less stress on me. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think it was a Corey Tamboom. You might know who said, hold on to things real loosely. Uh, because when God has to pry them out of your hands, it's going to hurt. And so I've always, <laughs> I've always remembered that. It's whatever God in the books um, you mentioned, we actually put all the books on the church website for free, so people can go to the church we website and download all twelve books as, wow. for, as free as free eBooks. Uh, even the audio is there. I've recorded for Audible. Everything we do, we just put on the free on the church website. It's about getting the message out there. Um, and yeah. so I think a couple things. If you're, uh, if a pastor's wanting that celebrity status and name dropping, um, and, you know, photo bombing and, and putting this and look at, look at, look at, look at and building there. Uh, and I struggled with that early on, you know, mm -hmm. because I had low self esteem and, and here is God raising up this person, but God begins to humble you and humble you and humble you. Uh, and so as, as long as it's not about that, it's just about, Lord, what do you want to do? Well, I just want to be faithful. And then I believe God actually adds to that. So it's a condition of the heart. It's a, it's a condition of the heart. There's nothing wrong with pastors with a million followers and mega churches. There's nothing yeah. wrong at all if God built it. Yeah. That's the thing, if God built it, because he'll, he'll sustain it. Yeah. And I think that's true, you know, for each for each of us in culture, um, because of the way that culture is going and our call to be salt and light, um, whether it's just in, you know, there might be a uh, a mom listening to this and you, you want to be well known and respected in your Facebook group. Uh, right. You want to be well, you know, you begin to think about this, you know, not just in church, but in general and as a Christian desiring popularity over faithfulness is always unwise as you were sharing and this really says well your ministry and i appreciate the stuff that uh you put out and uh because it is about the message like john the baptist we all have a disappearing ministry just pointing people yeah. to jesus yeah and you know, uh, you know i should before i forget just to interject in there people what they don't realize is new levels many more devils 
So, yes. I mean, we can't use our home address anymore. We've got uh, beefed up security at the church. Uh, I've got Facebook pages dedicated to slamming me. I've got to be careful sometimes if I'm out. You know, it's it's especially if you're sending it for Israel right now. Think, so yeah. don't think for a minute that a popular, bold voice in this culture is um, is is going to be all fun and games. It's It's yeah. a very challenging calling, actually, you know. Absolutely. No, I agree with you uh, 100%. Um, well, I love your ministry. Just uh, last thoughts before uh, before we close, and we'll give um, the web- website and resources uh, one more time. Um, but just uh, anything that you'd like to share that's on your heart before we close, uh, kind of as we bring this together. Yeah, and uh, also share your information at the end because we'll we'll cross pollinate too uh, when we share share this on our our end. I think the biggest thing that I want to leave people with is because uh, we have all different kinds of people who will listen. Right. And a lot of this, a lot of people are just what they, you know, they're just, they're just barely getting through. And I want to remind people that you plus God is the majority. Uh, yes. You don't have to be a, a famous Christian and a, a, a thousand followers on Facebook. And, and that's not, that's not success. That can actually destroy you. That can destroy you if yeah. you're not, if you're not giving it all back to God and, and your image is, isn't caught up in that. So uh, you plus God is the majority. Um, God often you does the most through those people who think they are the least. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but look mm-hmm. at the Gideon's army. Look at, um, I mean, every, every revival I read about starts with a no name person in a prayer room, you know, and yeah. six other people, eight other people, and and these people that we read about. I mean, Adonai Hudson, Je- Hudson, uh, Adonai Judson, Hudson Taylor, Amy Carmichael, Bunyan, Wesley Whitfield, Spurgeon. I mean, you name it. All these people we read about, Oswald Chambers, they they were they were faithful in what God called them to do, even in the medial things, um, and and just uh, just staying grounded and remembering that that. You plus God is the majority and personal revival. You said earlier, personal revival. If we want revival, if we want hope in our nation, it begins in our own heart. That's how yeah. God sets the world of, he sets the husband's hearts of a fire. Then the family gets caught with it. Yeah. Right. Then the neighborhood, then, then his workplace. And so it's got to start within us. Yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, that's so good. Uh, Pastor Shane Eidelman, uh, ShaneEidelman.com, all the resources uh, that you said the books are available. Are they on your website or on the church's website? Well, yeah, on my website, uh, we just all the resources are there. But on the church website, we t- it took quite a while to download and put everything. So all the books are available as free ebooks on WestsideChristianFellowship.org, WestsideChristianFellowship.org. There's actually a tab that says free ebooks. And I'm in the process of putting them on Audible. Uh, we've got four of them right now on Audible, but we actually put the, the free uh, audios on there as well, too. So that would be a good resource for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, uh, fantastic. Really appreciate your ministry. Uh, love what you're doing, being a bold voice. Uh an example uh, to so many and want to encourage everybody uh, just to be full of courage. We live in difficult times, uh, unparalleled uh, in many ways in our lifetime, at least. And but God is good. He's on the throne. He is well aware of everything that's happening. And uh, we can use our voice. We can full of courage. We don't have to shrink back and be cowards. 
And uh, we can be used by God in this season. There'll be riots, but there'll be revivals and uh, God's will will be accomplished in and through us. So, hey, thanks Mm -hmm. again. Thanks for tuning in today to the podcast. And I hope that uh, you'll check out our other episodes, Courage Over Cowardice, uh, that's available on all the socials. And also our website is freedom.life. Thanks for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Thank you for listening to us today and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Eidelman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.